you have in your in your bulletins for the adults you have in your bulletin this morning John chapter 17 and we'd like you to take the opportunity at this time to read that as we prepare to go into our message for today all right we're gonna go ahead and move into our lesson this morning I hope that you're able to jot some things down and that as you were reading John 17 that there were some things that jumped out at you or some things that the spirit kind of showed you. It's always good, and and we don't take enough time to reflect upon the Word. We we read something, if something immediately jumps out at us, you know, we, oh, this is great, oh, I guess this is the Word for me, this is the Word for the day, and and we just kind of move on. But there are some benefits when we just take the time and just reflect over what the Scripture says. And reflect on what God is saying, and then even what God might be saying to me and what I need to do with what he is giving me, speaking to me through the scripture. And so I want to talk for a few minutes this morning on the, the subject of qualities of a God-fearing mother. And initially I didn't have, I did not intend for us to, to have a, a Mother's Day, you know, message, a Mother's Day themed message this morning. I was you know, in my mind, we were going to continue on with our study on the armor of God. But as I was thinking about Mother's Day and kind of saying, okay, God, do you want to speak to mothers today? Do you want to talk to us about mothers? I, in my reading, I came across the 17th chapter in John's gospel. And, you know, when we look at scripture and when we talk about the character of God, the qualities of God, Oftentimes, you know, we think of this all-powerful being who, who judges and who destroys and who creates and all of these things. But there are some, some instances in Scripture where while God calls us to address him as Father, there are times in Scripture where there are words used or analogies that are described that in our own minds, in our own culture, we attribute to mothers. And as I was reading in John, a lot of things that seem really maternal jumped out at me. You know, God again, God commands us to address him as father, but there are many verses that we get that motherly sense. And if you've got your pencil, you might just jot these down on on the side of your outline. But in Isaiah 66 and chapter 13, it says, "As, As one who his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. In Isaiah 49 and 15, it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget Yet I will not forget you. In Hosea chapter 13, verses 7 through 9, it says, So I will be to them like a lion, like a leopard by the road I will lurk. I will meet them like a bear deprived of her cubs. I will tear open their ribcage, and there I will devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, you are destroyed, but your help is from me. We get the picture in our mind of, of a mother bear. <laughs> and somebody's been 
messing with the cubs. And moms will raise up in Luke 13, in verse 34. Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you were not willing. We get these glimpses in scripture where this all powerful, all knowing God. Who we address as father. Gives us these glimpses of a God who cares of a God who loves like a mother. And as I was reading John 17 this week. I noticed some things in the passage that jumped out at me. And granted, Jesus is praying this prayer. And, and if you know, you know, if you know your Bible and if you've ever gone through and looked at this, this prayer that Jesus is praying is just before he's taken, just before they come and, and take him away to be judged and to be crucified. And of all the gospels, John's gospel is the only one that gives us this prayer. But there, there are seven things that I want to bring out that I see in this as we talk about qualities of a God-fearing mother. Number one, she takes no glory or praise for herself. She takes no glory or praise for herself. And we see this both in, in the first verse as well as in verses four through ten. And I've just, I, I'm not going to read them all, but I've underlined some of them. As, as we look at them, but it says Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. God, give me glory so I can in turn give it back to you. And, you know, we men sometimes, you know, we are just, you know, ha ha ha. Yeah, look what I did. Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Look, 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 look. It's rare that a God-fearing mother will say, look what I did. In verses 4 through 10, in just a couple of excerpts, he says, I've glorified you on the earth. I've not glorified myself, but I've glorified you on the earth. In verse 7, he says, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. It's not about me, it's about you. Everything I have, they would look at me, they would look at my quality, they would look at the things I have, and they would say, wow, great, that's my, you know, mom, that's great. No, <laughs> like Jesus, Jesus says, no, this is from the Father. They're not trying, mothers, God-fearing mothers aren't trying to take the glory and the praise for themselves. In verse 10, it says, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Who's she glorified in? <laughs> In them. She, a mother is glorified in her children. See, one of the greatest compliments that you can give a mother is when your children act like they have some sense and you tell her. I tell you what, more than, than anything else, well, more than most things, the things that, that really get me is when we're out somewhere with our kids and they're being kind and loving and hey, I have to tell people, don't get it flipped. Sometimes <laughs> they're not <laughs> kind or loving, but we're blessed with good kids. 
And sometimes we're out and we're kind, we're loving, we're at a restaurant and there's people, you know, a couple booths down and their kids are acting a fool. They're making everybody in the restaurant uncomfortable. People want to go over and spank their kids. People want to go over and give them parenting advice. But here we are over here, we're just eating, we're just having a good time and they're being nice and they're sharing and can you pass this please? And can you pass me a napkin? And they're doing well. And someone will walk by the table and say, you've got great Children, your children are so well behaved. Let me tell you, you know, I feel great. So I know that for Tara or for a mother, when you hear that from someone else, that's your glory. And that's greater than, than you saying, I know I raised good kids and all this and that. When somebody else sees what you've done and acknowledges it, she says, that, that's all I need. Jesus says, I'm not doing all this because... It's about me, because we understand if it was all about Jesus, I'll like say, but for the grace of God, if I was Jesus, I mean, I don't think I'm coming down there. Father, we need to come up with another way. <laughs> but Jesus comes down and he says, in them, in the fact that they know you, in the fact that they're united with me, there's my glory. A God-fearing mother doesn't seek glory and praise for herself. Her glory and her praise come from her husband. They come from her children. Proverbs 31. Many of us are familiar with this. 31 verses 27 through 31. It says she watches, and it's talking about the virtuous woman. It says she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessing. Her husband also, and he praises her. Husbands, if you don't praise your wife, I encourage you to start. And I, and I believe, I believe that, that you don't have to look too far <laughs> to find a reason to praise the mother of your children today. Says so she rises up. Her children call her blessed. Her husband also and praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel uh, them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hand and let her own works praise her in the gates. Mom doesn't take praise, but she praises, she gives, she encourages, she nurtures. And the fruit that comes out of that praises and gives her glory. Secondly, a God-fearing mother, and again, we see this in Jesus' prayer, a God-fearing mother understands the basis of her authority and her life. Jesus says in John 17, verses 2 through 4, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that you may know, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. A mother understands that, that her call, that her responsibility from God is to point her children back to God. And a mother understands, you know, men, we get on power trips. But a God-fearing mother, she doesn't have to get on a power trip. When, when, when a husband is doing what they're supposed to do 
and is under God's covering and in line with God, the mother, the wife feels safe, feels secure, and she knows that she's been delegated some authority and she doesn't have to get in a power trip about it. And kids hate it. Man, I used to hate it when mom would tell you to do something and she wasn't stressed. Because if we didn't do it, sometimes she'd bring the belt, but sometimes she'd say, what? Wait, wait till your dad gets home. See, mom understands. I'm doing this under the covering of God. And, 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 and my husband, your father. And if you don't listen to me and I run out of options, my responsibility is to turn to my head and to say the children, your children whom I've been entrusted with by you and by God, and with the authority that has been delegated to me by God and by you as my husband, these, your children, are acting up. At which time the heavy comes in. <laughs> See, God-fearing mothers are secure. See, we live in a day and in an age where women are insecure. And women are trying to buck the system. Women are trying to prove that they're powerful, that they have authority, that they can compete, that they're just as valuable as men. And, and so they do things that actually diminish the beauty and the, the individuality that they are as mothers and as women. But a God-fearing woman understands her place, her role, her security in God. She understands that she's been given authority by God and she exercises it. Just like the virtuous woman we read about in Proverbs. And when I've exhausted my resources, I don't have to get stressed because I got somebody I can go to. She also understands that her life comes from God. She understands that the real meaning of life, the real significance of life is that a person knows God. And so her desire is that her children know God. Amen? Number three. God-fearing mothers want their children to have a relationship with God just like she does or like she should. And she is her child's intercessor to that end. You know, it's amazing. Even women who aren't living for the Lord, when their children are acting a mess, will call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I don't know what to do. Lord, help them. <laughs> you know, God, I, you know, Lord, I know I ain't done right, but Lord, help them. And that's true whether <laughs> they have a husband or not. <laughs> They can say to the husband, help them. But in the, in the quiet times and in the secret places, they're saying, Lord, help these children. God, do something. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> help them, Lord. A God-fearing mother wants her child to have a relationship with God because she understands that that's really what life is all about. This is life, that we know him. And so she is your intercessor to that end in John 17. Verses 11 through 17, and I'm not going to mark them all down. I'm not going to address all of them, but just a few uh, parts in here. In verse 11, he says that, he says, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. 
God, just like you and I are one, God, keep them that they could be one with us. In verse 15, he says, I, I don't pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Since they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. A God-fearing mother is an intercessor. A God-fearing mother will pray for you when won't nobody else pray for you. You acting up, you running on the streets, you're in jail, other people have given up on you, mom will be right there still praying. God forbid, sometimes dads even just, man, I throw up my hands. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I wash my hands. I'm, I'm done. But a mother will pray. A mother will keep on interceding. A mother will continue to believe that God can do a work in and through that child when everybody else is giving up. And she intercedes for you and for me to that end. Moving along. Number four. She understands that the time will come when she must let you go to fulfill your promise, your purpose, your, your, your purpose in life and in God. She understands that she doesn't have you for too long in her house, under her cover, close, where she can get in your ear and where she can do for you and where she can allow you to, to feel the love of God. She understands that, that she's got you for a short time. And when, when children are, are, are little, you feel like it's, you're going to have them forever. But kids start to grow up. They grow up so fast. And you, and you start to realize time is flying by. I don't have very much time left to pour into them everything I can. So that they know and will love and live for God. And so a mother will do that. She understands that she's only got you for a little number of time, but then she'll also release you. And that's the tough part. For mothers that don't know and don't trust God, because their children haven't listened. And their children have made mistakes, oftentimes costly mistakes. And that mother who doesn't trust and know God will try to protect. And the child is steady saying, I don't want that. Get off me. Let me do. And the mommy said, no, 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 no. And it's because you have the foresight. You know how bad life can get if one decides not to live for God. But a mother that doesn't know God is steadily trying to protect. And what, what, what mothers who don't fear God don't understand is you're in the way. And you can draw out a process that if you get out of the way, God can use the mess that your children are in to reveal himself and to redirect their path. But a God-fearing mother says, I've done all that I know to do. I've done all that I'm supposed to do. And it hurts me to not be able to protect you and, and to try to hang on to you. But I did what I was supposed to do. I did what God said I was supposed to do. And now I'm going to release you to go and to do whatever it is you're going to do. Trusting that because I've trained you up in the way that you should go. <laughs> My prayer is that when you're old, you will not depart from it. <laughs> a God-fearing mother will release her children. She knows I've only got you. For a little bit of time. She recognizes the time is short. And therefore she seizes every opportunity. To preach Christ. To her children. 
You know, you ever been around those kids? Oh, man, you're you talking about God again. Why do you got to keep bringing God into it? You know, why is everything got to be about God? Well, first of all, everything's got to be about God because everything is about God. <laughs> but the second reason is I only got you for so much time. And because my life is wrapped up in Jesus, while you're here, whether you like it or not, your life going to be wrapped up in Jesus. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So it's Jesus all the time. Yes, it's Jesus all the time. <laughs> it's Jesus all the time. Number five. And let me, let, me, let me go back and read John 17. Jesus says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. God-free mothers understand, you know, my call, I, I'm joined with their father and our responsibility is to raise them up in the fear and instruction, the, the admonition and the discipline of the Lord, so that when they go out of here, they're ready. Because as we've been talking about in our study on the armor of God, they do have an enemy. <laughs> and, and, and I need to give them as much as I can, so that they're prepared for their enemy. One of the things that we do have been doing uh, the last few Sundays, we've had the, the entire verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, on the screen. And, and we've read that together. And, and my hope is that you're reading scripture with your children at home. But if we read that together throughout this series and you're reading it at home, your kids are going to be able to hang on to that. They're going to be able to know that. They might not be living it, but they're going to know what the armor of God is. They're going to know that verse. And so I'm giving you all I can, all you can, all I can. And Jesus is praying this prayer again. He is about to be Judas and the soldiers about to show up on the scene. They're about to come and get him. Jesus is praying this prayer for his disciples. And, and from previous lessons we talked about it, what has he did? He poured into them for three, three and a half years, and then he released them. I told you, Jesus preached to the multitudes and ministered to them, but, uh, you know, when he wanted to transform the world, he didn't host Megafest. He poured his life into those 12 and said, the world's going to be turned upside down because of my power and my life in and through these that I've discipled. A mother understands. She disciples her child. She understands. I don't have much time. But when they leave here, they're going to have what they need. That if they want to live for God, if they want to look to him, if they want to understand what relationship with God looks like, they're going to have it because they're going to see it in me. Number five, mothers. God-fearing mothers sacrifice for us and they lead by example. Jesus says in John 17 and 19, he says, and for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. You know, there are so many people that their children aren't living for God and they say, God, you know, I know that I should have lived differently. I know I should have done differently. You know, I know I should have been a better example. You know, God work by your Holy Spirit in spite of the fact that I maybe didn't do everything I could have. But a God-fearing mother chooses to live according to the principles found in Scripture and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. She sanctifies herself by taking part in spiritual disciplines as a means of grace so that 
Sanctification can take place in her home. She leads by example. She doesn't say, do what I say, not what I do. But she lives it. And then she says, do like me. So maybe when she wants to act in a way that's contrary to the love and character of Christ, because of you and because of me, she will dismiss herself from the situation and hold her tongue and go to a private place where she can have a talk with Jesus and make it right. Because she knows if she says what she wants to say or does what she feels like doing, it's not going to reveal the character and the love of Christ. So she sacrifices herself. She sacrifices her will, her desire to exercise her, you know, her feelings, her thoughts apart from the Lord. She sacrifices and she leads by example. Quickly, number six. She wants others to know God through what God has done in your life and through her life. She wants others to know. John 17, verses 20 through 22, Jesus prays. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all, that they all may be one as you, Father, are me, and I am you, that you may also, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, and that they may be one, just as we are one. See, a mother, a God-free mother understands that, you know, my call is to disciple my children. Why? So that they can go out and be a light and disciple others. So she doesn't want, it's not just about you. A God-fearing mother understands that there's a bigger picture. That the mission is bigger than just your child being saved and being out of the house. But there's a greater mission. God's mission is for those who will to receive him and to be made into disciples. And so she wants others to know God through what has been done in your life and through her life. And that's why she gives her life. A God-fearing mother understands, I'm not just sacrificing for my kid. I'm sacrificing for every person that my child is going to meet in life. Because through what I do, through what I sacrifice, through allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me, my prayer is that they will live a life that glorifies God. So that when they're out at school, at work, in the community, at a function with their friends, that they show Christ. When they're out at a party and kids are doing all the things they're not supposed to, that they'll have integrity and enough strength. And, and they'll say, you know what? You know, what they're doing, I, I'm not down with that. And I'm not doing that. And if y'all going to keep doing that, we're not going to kick it with y'all. If you guys are going to do that, we're just going to leave. Does that make sense? A God-fearing mother understands it's not just about this child. It's about the mission of God. Told you several weeks ago that we've been a commission, we've been commissioned by God to go and to make disciples. That's our commission. And you know what? It starts in the home and then outside of the home. And part of it happens not just by the witness that mom has at the grocery store, at the PTA meetings, at school, at different functions, but it comes in the fact that she is allowing the life of Christ to be poured out in her life to minister to her child so that her child will become an agent through which the commission 
is fulfilled. So Jesus says, I'm not just praying for these, these 12 here, <laughs> but I'm praying for all the other folks that will believe because of the work that has been done in their life through me. And finally, number seven, she doesn't defy the father and his commands, but helps her children to see the father's heart. A God-fearing mother doesn't defy what dad says, but helps her child who doesn't understand what dad says, doesn't understand why dad says we have to, to understand his heart. Because we live in a society today where kids will play mom off dad and dad off mom. And well, if I can't get it from dad, I'll just go to mom. Oh, and then mom, oh, mom feels so sorry. So then mom says, well, just go ahead and do this. or Just go ahead and do that. And she undermines the authority of the father. How many of us know that's dangerous? That's true, not just of, of their biological father, but, but of their heavenly father. But children will play parent off a of parent. And there have been times, and I'm thankful for, for Tara and for how she poisoned our kids, because there are times when I tell the kids, no, you don't get to do this. Yes, you have to do that. And I know that at some point, depending on their reaction, you know, kids, we talked about attitudes earlier. That's one of the reasons you don't want to all of a sudden start stretching your shoulders and all that stuff with your neck. I, I, I sense that. Your parents sense that. But when I get that reaction, I understand that quite there's a good chance there's going to be a conversation later. Either with me or with her. Dad said do this, but why? And a God-fearing mother doesn't say, oh, just ignore what he said. It doesn't matter. But a God-fearing mother says, he says you need to do this because of this. And a child gets to talk and dialogue. And the mother gets to hear the child's heart. And yeah, I understand that. And I know you feel this way, but, and, and there's that dialogue. So that what the father has said to do, while there was frustration and there was anger and there was just this attitude of, I don't want to do this and I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do it, but you know, you're going to know that I don't want to do it. <laughs> there's a softening of the heart where now the child wants to do. God doesn't work where they want to do. And a God-fearing mother understands that. You, you know, we talk about orthodoxy, right believing, orthopraxy, right behavior. Far too often in society today, men, fathers, while they, would, while they do care about their children's heart, really just want their kids to behave. And unfortunately, some fathers, as long as their children behave, don't ever get to the point where they want to know their child's heart. And how many of you know that a child can do all the right things seemingly in front of you, but their heart and their motives not be pure? So a mother wants to know the heart because a mother understands if the heart's right, the actions will be right. And not all men are that way. But we men, we just, we have an objective. <laughs> and sometimes that objective is just about getting it done. And about seeing the type of things that we want to see. But sometimes fathers don't get to the heart. 
oftentimes fathers <laughs> want orthopraxy, <laughs> but it's the mothers that are going to help with that orthodoxy so that the behavior is right. A God-honoring mother, a God-fearing mother will not defile what dad has said. And here's the other thing, and I appreciate this with my parents and with other parents who have said this. If dad's wrong, a God-fearing mother, and this ain't on your page, this is for free. <laughs> a God-fearing mother will still back you, dads. But then we'll pull you aside and say, hey, come here, let's talk a minute. <laughs> now you do realize the Bible talks about a woman influencing her husband, not by nagging, but by her chaste conduct. And a God-fearing mother understands that when dad is wrong, I still don't, in front of the kids, defy what he says and just, oh, well, just ignore it. A God-fearing mother says, hey, baby, I heard what you said. Let's, let's have a conversation. And she just, she just loves on us. Baby, I just love you. I just receive you. Baby, I know what you said. Baby, you know what you said and hear what you said. What you say rules the day. But I got something I want you to think about. Now, you do whatever you feel like is supposed to happen in our family. But would you just consider this? And if she's got a God-fearing husband, if the kids have a God-fearing father, a husband can recognize when God is trying to get his attention through his wife, through their children's mother, and he can make a course correction. But a God-fearing mother, again, understands her position of authority that's been delegated to her and doesn't say, oh, we'll just ignore that. In everything, she's going to honor the father, and she's going to seek to know the children's heart. In closing, let me say this. If you have a God-fearing mother today, I have no doubt that she's prayed something similar to John 17 for you. But if you don't have a God-fearing mother, if you don't have a mother who's been in relationship with God, I want you to know that she's still God's gift to you. That she was the vessel through which God got you on the planet. <laughs> and while there's nobody but Jesus who's perfect, God has used her to teach and nurture you. And for that reason, you ought to bless her. For some, Mother's Day is tough because your relationship with your mother might be strained. Or maybe your child is not close to you. Maybe your child is, is not close to God. And so when you think about Mother's Day, you think about your children and about your desire for them to know God. Maybe you haven't seen your mom in a while. Maybe you haven't spoken to her in a while. But your mother's a gift to you. For the one whose relationship with their mother is strained, or there's no relationship at all, I say to those that are listening, Remember that unforgiveness keeps you from God's blessing. As we heard in the children's message today, God says you're blessed when you honor mom. So understand that the key to freedom in God may very well be that you need to forgive your mother. There may not be reconciliation. There's a difference. But you may need to just forgive your mother today. Mother's Day is hard for some of us because... We've lost our mother. And so while other people are celebrating and are excited, 
we're sad because we mourn the loss of our mom. For some, Mother's Day is tough because the mother has lost a child. And on Mother's Day, the mother thinks about the child she never had or the child that she only had for a moment. And maybe none of those things are the case. Maybe you have a great relationship with your mother and you feel blessed for the mother that God has given you. And you are blessed because your mother is a God-fearing mother and she's loved you and she's taught you how to know God, how to love God, how to call on God. And maybe today you just want to say a prayer or do something special to bless your mother. You know, we take for granted sometimes the blessings that God has given us. And it's during either times of tragedy or times of celebration that we remember just how blessed we are in the gifts that God gives us, like a mother. So as we close today, whether it's something you need to forgive mom for, or you're, you're mourning the loss of a mother, or a mother the loss of a child, or whether none of those things are true and you're just blessed and, and you're enjoying your mom today, the question I want to ask you is, what do you feel like God is saying should be your response to today's message. Because each of us are in different places, in different situations. Based on what you read in John 17 today, what you wrote down on your paper, and the, the thoughts that have come out through the message today, what should your response be to the word of God, of God today? And I just want to pray for us as we ponder that question. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come and we recognize that he gave himself for us and that God-fearing mothers do the very same. Lord, I thank you this morning for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Lord, in churches all over the nation, there are people that are coming to church, not because they know and love you, but because it's Mother's Day. And so, Lord, first of all, I take this time to pray for those people those who are at church because it's Mother's Day but don't know you. Lord, I pray that your spirit would minister to them, that the messages that they're hearing and that the love that they are experiencing through the people of God would draw them to you and that they would come to know you not just as a father who is all-powerful and who can destroy, but as a loving father who has done everything so that we could be with him. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person in this place and ask that you would speak to them. Lord, lead and guide them in what they need to do to honor you and to honor their mothers today. Whether it is to remember the blessings and the good times of a child or of a mother who's been lost, or whether it is to forgive mom, for all of her imperfections and to stop blaming her for things, but to forgive her and seek you. Or whether it's just to bless our mother through a meal or through spending time with her and just telling her how much we love her. God, Lord, help us each individually to know what we should do as a result of your word today and give us grace to do it. If, it's, if someone needs grace to receive you as Lord and Savior, God, give grace 
If someone needs grace to ask forgiveness, to, to put down pride and to just, just release the pain and confess, I pray that you give them grace to do it. And Lord, if it's to love and to celebrate, Mom, I pray that you give them the grace and the means to do it. Bless every mother today. And I pray that they would feel blessed by their children. We thank you today for the gift of mothers. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.